Zach Levine scores 41 points. Nikola Vucevic has a triple-double, and Patrick Williams scores 16 points in the third quarter alone. And the Bulls do beat the Philadelphia 76ers, and Zach actually joins Steph Curry in elite territory. We're going to talk about all that, plus dive into the mailbag on today's episode of Chicago Bulls Central. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans. So <clears throat> I know there's a lot of excitement right now. Uh, the Bulls beat the 76ers and we play the Utah Jazz tonight. Um, but with that being said, the Chicago Bulls came out and played an excellent game of basketball last night against the Philadelphia 76ers. And while I know there's going to be a lot of fans and, and you know, Bulls pessimists that uh, right now, because of the way the season goes, you know, they need to see more before they believe it. But they're going to say, hey, Joel Embiid wasn't in this game. And that is correct. And the Bulls did take advantage of that. When you look at Vooch having a triple-double, um, doing the things that he was able to do, the Bulls uh, dropping it down low to Vooch and things like that. Yes, they took advantage of a player uh, be- missing for the Philadelphia 76ers. But you have to look at the way that the Bulls played this game, the style of play that went into it, the moving the ball around, Zach Levine getting ridiculously hot, the defense that this team played as well. DeMar DeRozan, even though he did not have his shot falling, finding other ways to impact the game for the Chicago Bulls. That is the things that you want to take away and look at this game for for what it is. But for Zach Levine, and we're going to talk about a lot of other players as well, but for Zach Levine, his 41 points yesterday and just, you know, shooting what he's 44% this season on catch and shoot threes, which is ridiculous. But he joined Steph Curry in elite territory. And after the game, he was asked about it and he had this to say. An absolute heater from Zach Levine tonight. 41 points. The second most three-point makes in Bulls history tonight. 11 of them for you, Zach. Just give me a sense of what it's like when you start to make a couple and you think this might be one of those nights because you've had them before. I mean, we started a little slow, and then coming into the, the end of the second uh, end of the second quarter, I got hot and just kept it going. I think, I really think, you know, the MVP of the game was uh, was Vooch. He was sure. real. I think he did he did he finish with his triple double. He got very. He was one assist away. That last assist got you the triple double. Yeah. I think Vooch was MVP of the night, man. He, 20, 20, and 10. Pat came out in the third quarter, played great. I think he had 16 and third, and, you know, I got hot, and that's what happens. Well, one of the things I've always said about you, Zach, you're one of the best catching shooters in the game. You come in this year shooting 44% from the three on catching shoots, and tonight, when you every single, every single time you had a catch and shoot, it was buckets. Yeah, no, I got, I got, I got it going. Once them get going, you know, that basket looked like an ocean. <laughs> <laughs> one of those nights for Zach Levine with 41, Vucevic a triple-double, and they snap another streak congrats yep, yep, yep. See y'all Zach Levine sank his first three eight three-pointers in this game and then he missed a heat check one in the corner of it but you know regardless of that he finished 11 of 13 from the field from three-point range and getting a season-high 20 but he joins Steph Curry as the only other player in the NBA to make at least 11 three-pointers on 80% shooting that's huge Right. He, like I said, elite territory to being the second most three-pointers in Chicago Bulls history. Oh, by the way, Zach Levine actually holds the record for the most three-pointers in the game in Chicago Bulls history as well. And it's good to see Zach starting to round out and get back to the Zach Levine that we're used to seeing, not just because of the shooting threes, but the way he attacked the basket at times. The look away uh, layup thing that he did, that was just a beautiful play. Zach Levine was playing well. And, you know, as he said in that clip, once he started making a few, it looked like an ocean out there. And you can tell that he was playing with a lot of confidence, playing with a level that we have not necessarily seen from him a lot in this season. And while Zach Levine's story is huge and the 41 points you don't want to overlook, we cannot fail to mention how Nikola Vucevic very much led the way. And, he, and Zach even said it in that clip. 
that Vooch was the MVP last night. 19 points, uh, 18 rebounds, uh, 10 assists in that game, and two blocks. Nikola Vucevic has quietly been the most uh, the most consistent Bulls player all season just in the way that he's played. And yes, by that it doesn't mean that every game is perfect, but when you look at always hitting big buckets, making the right pass, even when the Bulls' play was kind of up and down, Nikola Vucevic was kind of even around the same area. Vucevic is putting together a hell of a season, and him and Zach Levine had all-star performances last season, even though neither one of them are probably going to be in that all-star game and be represented in there. That was a great game to see from them. And, and DeMar DeRozan, even though DeMar was 4 for 13 from shooting, he chips in 12 points, 5, five rebounds, 6 assists, 1 steal, and 1 block. He found other ways to impact the game. And as we talked about over on Chicago Bulls Central as well, is that this may be the, the best version to see DeMar DeRozan in. When he played in San Antonio, he only averaged 15 shots a game. He moved the ball a little bit better, rebounded the ball. And as we go forward and, and they're finding success in this, I would not be mad at all if we start seeing DeMar DeRozan maybe take less shots but still find other ways to impact the game and still having the same impact just in a different way than what he did last season. That may be what we need to see from him. But some of the key things in this game, Patrick Williams having the highest plus minus of any player on the team Going 7 of 11, he went 0 from 2 in the first half, 7 of 11 overall from the game, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, and 18 points from Patrick Williams. It was good to see him, and he was playing with a level of confidence, especially in that third quarter. It was really him and Zach Levine, Patrick Williams and Zach Levine, that when the Bulls really sealed this game in that third quarter and separated themselves, yeah, the Philadelphia 76ers came marching back at one point, I think getting the lead as low to 3 but it was really Patrick Williams and Zach Levine getting in rhythm and leading the Bulls in that third quarter that led to us having the game in which we did. And it was good to see Patrick Williams impact the game defensively first, and then his offense came around. We haven't really seen very many games in which Patrick Williams has a really good defensive game and a really good offensive game in the same game. In this one, holding James Harden a 4-for-17 shooting. Yes, he scores 17 points. He gets 11 assists and 7 rebounds as well. But 17 uh, shots to get 17 points is not an efficient night. And Patrick Williams did that thing on both sides of the ball. And I didn't mention that about Zach Levine as well. Zach, initially in this game, getting it going uh, facilitating four other players with six assists. His shot wasn't necessarily falling in that first quarter. He came along a little bit better in the second quarter and just went nuclear in the third quarter for the Chicago Bulls. And then also when the Philadelphia 76ers did go on their run uh, to get that lead low, it came when Zach was on the bench. Zach defensively in this game was huge as well. He played some really good defense in this game. And it's just good to see the team play in the way in the manner in which they they have been. And so even the bench in this game, we get over 25 points from the bench in this game with uh, Kobe White with nine points leading the way off the bench, three for seven shooting from him. But every single one of those three three-pointers he hit was needed and changed the momentum. Four rebounds, three assists from Kobe White in this game. Andre Drummond uh, as well, six points in this game. He only played eight minutes. He got yanked after making a mistake, but it kind of is what it is there. But Goran Dragic, Derek Jones Jr., very much so impacting the game as well for the Chicago Bulls. Now, the Bulls tonight facing off against the Utah Jazz, and that's a team that, while they did beat the Jazz in the last game, they allowed Laurie Marketing to go off on them. I need to see the Bulls lock in defensively, and that's what we're seeing with this Bulls team. They are starting to set the tone defensively early, even if they do. In this game against the Sixers, they did allow 30 points in that first quarter, but you saw what they were trying to do defensively towards the end of that quarter, and the Philadelphia 76ers cooled off from three-point range. Um, and in this game uh, tonight against the Utah Jazz, the Bulls need to do something similar. They need to set that tone defensively first, 
and then allow their offense to come along, but playing that team brand of offense where they move the ball around, and as long as they do that, they're going to find success. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. This Chicago Bulls team would be on a 10-game winning streak if it wasn't for those two calls against the Cleveland Cavaliers, and they didn't completely mess up the game against the Houston Rockets, you know, with that being that was on them. But this team is playing much better. 7-3 and three in their last 10. Can they keep it going tonight against the Utah Jazz? That's going to be the thing. They have to key in on Laurie Markkinen, who just had an absolutely huge game for the Utah Jazz, and the Bulls have to lock in, right? Defensively is where the Bulls need to make their name at in these games, and we're starting to see the Bulls have the type of success that we want them to have when they do set that tone. Jordan Clarkson, Laurie Markkinen, they need to lock in on those players. The matchup between Patrick Williams and Laurie Markkinen, if Pat does end up guarding him, I need to see Pat own that matchup a little bit better. Well, he didn't really guard Laurie in the last game. They really didn't allow Patrick Williams to guard him. But with the way that Pat is uh, starting to play defense now and the rhythm that he's working with, I want to see Pat on Laurie in this game. Don't know if we'll see it. They're not listening to me. They don't care what I want. But as well, Vooch also needs to establish himself. Kelly Olenek, Walker Kessler have been playing really solid for the Utah Jazz, and they are going to present a physical problem for Vooch that he just did not have very much so against the game against Philly. So what do the, the Bulls players do? And don't be surprised. DeMar DeRozan, who's had a quiet couple of games, don't be surprised if it's DeMar's night to kind of go off against the Utah Jazz. So we'll see it. I do think the Bulls, if they keep playing the way that they have, if this isn't just a flash in the pan and this is a level of focus and, and a level of determination from this Bulls team that was lacking at the beginning part of the season and we're starting to see that consistently from them in these games, I think the Bulls are going to have a pretty good game against the Utah Jazz. But as we know with this team, when they, when they have a couple of good performances back-to-back, Things tend to maybe go left in the in the next couple of games after that. So let's hope the Bulls are locked in. They are focused. They do bring in that intensity that we need to see from them and the execution on the offensive end, getting everybody involved. As long as the Bulls do do that, they find success. And let's hope that success comes tonight against the Utah Jazz, the second of a back-to-back. And we're going to need the bench as well. Alice Caruso, Javante Green, are they going to be available in this game considering what the Bulls players had to do uh, last night? DeMar DeRozan, who didn't have the biggest night, maybe he's the one who brings the energy. And Patrick Williams just is slowly having, starting off January, just playing great, right? So let's see what this team ends up doing, what they end up looking like. And overall, I'm pretty excited right now. And I do think this game against the Utah Jazz is going to be a damn good game of basketball, win or lose. So let's tune in. Let's see what you uh, what this team does. And let me know down below. How you guys think? You know, question of the day. We said we're going to start doing questions of the day. Let me know. Who do you think is going to have the biggest night uh, for the Chicago Bulls against the Utah Jazz? It was the same question we asked yesterday, but to mix it up some, I'm going to ask you guys this. Do you think that this recent, it's only two games, right? But this recent level of play from Patrick Williams, is this enough to start building this confidence? Do we start seeing a more aggressive Patrick Williams from now until the end of the season? Let me know what you guys think down below. Also put it on the poll in the community tab. All right, this weekend, you already know, weekends are, are mailbag episodes. So let's go ahead and dive into the mailbag. This first one, this one's from Jamal. What's up, hey, what's your boy Jamal, man? I got three minutes to win, and I'm going to get it all out. What the actual fuck happened last night, man? How the hell did we let Donovan Mitchell, a man who wasn't drafted by the Cavaliers at all, come in and drop 71 on our heads like that, man? That's bullshit. What is going on with our players? What's going on with our coach? I, I do not see any pride in this team, man. I'm a, I'm a diehard Bulls fan. I was born a Bulls fan. I was raised to be a Bulls fan. And I take pride in being a Bulls fan. I have people who always want to, you know, crap on me for being a Bulls fan. You're a fan of the Chicago Bulls. Why, why would you like that team? 
be a Lakers fan, be a Golden State Warriors fan, this, that, and the other. I always tell them, no, the Chicago Bulls is my team. That's who I went and bought league pass for this team. And this is what I get. This is pathetic. This is pathetic on all the players. This is pathetic on the coaches. This is pathetic on the front office. There's no pride. What happened? This, this is Chicago, man. It's the Bulls. We're supposed to have players that want to play here. But it seems like every time we go against a really good team, not even just a really good team because we've had some success against good teams this season, but it just seems like every time a team comes and punches us in the face, we roll over and just let them beat on us, man. That's not what we're supposed to do. Zach, come on, bro. I'm the biggest Zach Levine fan. I was out here rooting for this man to get that next contract. I was out here when people was all high and mighty about Lloyd Markman, I was the one that was saying Zach Levine was going to be that guy. What are you doing, Zach? What are you doing? Go out there and show that you deserve this. Don't just prove it to us. It really not matter about us. Prove it to yourself. Say that you deserve to be one of the best players in the league, the best shooting guard in the league. DeMar, can we get the offers going before you can go down there and try to take on three defenders? Boots, can we get the ball to him in the paint? Patrick Williams. I have defended you. I want you to be a great player, but I swear to God, be aggressive. Go out there. Attack the paint. Stop running. You are more than just a 3-and-D player. Defend. How the hell do you let Donovan Mitchell out-rebound you on that ball? I am. I don't care if you're a second-round pick. You're a baller. Ball out. Alex, you can't be falling out in six free throws. Billy Donovan, come up with a better scheme defensively than that. Offensively, come on, man. This is a pathetic ethic by our team. I'm never going to give up on my team. I love my team. But at the same time, I wish I could have been in that locker room after that game so I could personally look each one of them in the eyes and cuss them the hell out. This is pathetic. We are better than this. That's all I got to say, man. Peace. And Jamal is me, and I am Jamal, because, listen, when he says that he was born to be a Chicago Bulls fan, that's the exact way I feel. I, I was boring into this, right? When people ask, how long have you been a Bulls fan, I always tell them, listen, I'm a lifer. My dad is from Chicago, born and raised. So, like, it's, it's not, it, it literally, so my, my earliest memories of my life were being a Bulls fan. But to get on the main part of it, the Bulls drop, get, allowing Donovan Mitchell to drop 71 on them may have been the wake up call that this team needed to lock in defensively. And I do think that the games going the way that they did from the officials and the refereeing, the Bulls kind of have realized that they can't allow it to just be left in the decision of the referees. They have to play more solidly. They have to play more together. And they've been improving since that game. But the frustration that Jamal feels there, I think, is the frustration that we all felt after that game. Just watching that game, watching Donovan Mitchell completely carve up and be a superstar in those moments where the team needed he the team needed him to put him on the back, and he, and he delivered with the plays. And this Bulls team since then has been playing better, has been playing with more heart, and they were playing even better before then. It's going to be some games, unfortunately, where the, where every team in the NBA allows for a big night from a player. But, you know, questioning the heart of the team, that's what I've been saying all season. That's the thing that bothers me the most is that when this team plays in a way that I have to question their heart, that it leads me to question that because that's not what I want to do. That's not Chicago Bulls basketball. And so, yeah, Jamal, we all know the frustrations that Jamal felt, and he's spot on in that. And I think we all felt that. But the difference is, is that I think the players also felt that this time and we're starting to see the improvement from them because I think that may have been a wake-up call for them as well and maybe a low point especially I know we all point to that Minnesota game and what the conversation happened at halftime it's kind of a turning point of this team playing together and the big three playing and facilitating a little bit more but I think that Donovan Mitchell game also was a wake-up call in a different uh, set of circumstances for the Bulls to realize experience the thrill of March Madness if you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home 
Bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code BULLCENTRAL, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code BULLCENTRAL to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Hey, listen. We have to take better control of these games. We can't just leave it up to the officiating and the refs. Officiating was suck. We got a couple more calls on the officiating, so we'll wait to get into that. But spot on from Jamal. All right, let's get into the next one. I think this next caller really does speak for every passionate Bulls fan. This one is from Goon. Hey, good morning, nephew. You know, AKA your auntie Goon. Hey, this time ain't no fucking sense. Like, the refs, they really have to get caught up on their bullshit. Like, that shit didn't make sense. Just like when we played a uh, fucking man walk, they do the whistle 19 times for the Bulls. But the Bulls still react to it. The Bulls still did their shit. They still took that game. They still did what the hell they supposed to do. Um, Last night game. Oh, I love the game. From first quarter all the way to the end. I ain't going to say all the way to the end. I'm going to give them some first to third because the Bulls stand their ground. In the first half of the motherfucking game, the Bulls was getting them offensive rebounds. They were playing defense. They weren't letting them control them. They weren't letting them over-rebound them. But like you said, we can't get the refs. Something got to give. Something got to give with these refs because this shit ain't cool. This shit ain't right. DeMar DeRozan, offensive foul, no calls. I'm talking about inbounds, no calls. I, I just can't even call the rest out right now. Fuck the refs. Even though the refs, uh, the refs have to get, get back in this game. Oh, I'm going to give it to them. The refs have Cleveland come back in the game. But, yes, they did. It's for the Bulls to keep, continue to play ball, continue, continue getting our deep, uh, rebounds. I just, I just can't get these words out because I'm just so fucking confused. Then I.O. missing open shots. Um, Alice Russo missing fucking two, three fucking layup. Uh, P.W. missing motherfucking open shots. I don't know what the fuck's going on. It's like once the refs left the Cavs back in the game, the Bulls just gave up. Then tomorrow, every time you didn't get a call, you still on the motherfucking breath. Get your bitch ass up. Get the fuck up. Go go back down there and try it again. You're not going to get no call. Why do people have to understand this shit? We are from Chicago. We not getting no calls. So if you get found, why you always on the ground? Your team down there trying to. Stick defense, your ass still down on the other end of the court. Get up, bro. DeMar, stop acting like a bitch. It ain't no leadership on you. You that supposed to be leadership. Y'all ain't no motherfucking leaders. Zach, 18 fucking points. Hey, I don't know. Like you said, some heads got to go. I don't give a fuck if Billy, Mark, AK, they ass can go too. And some heads on this motherfucking uh, bitch got to go too. Because something's some going on. Something's not motherfucking right. I'm talking about Alistair Russo. When the fuck you start missing layups, bitch? Just tell me. Uh, Ayo, yeah, you play good defense on motherfucking, um, Dunga Mitchell, but you're scoring on BW. A person that's 6 1, you can't stick them, you can't handle them. The Bulls had, I, I don't know, hey, they had, I don't give a fuck attitude. The Bulls don't give a fuck, so why should we care? If they go. Listen, I told you guys, after Auntie leaves a voicemail sometimes, I don't even be knowing what to say back. Like, I'm not even gonna lie to you. Like, She'd be spot on. She she 
says it in a way that I'd be wanting to say it, especially over on Locked On where I can't be as candid. But like, real talk, um, this bull seems frustrating. And in the officiating, something has to be done about officiating. And our next voicemail is on that, so I'm going to leave that there. But when it just comes to the way that this bull seems playing, um, like I, I said it after that game, I don't blame, I can't blame it all on the officiating and the refs. They did play a big part in that. Um, but the Bulls have to just find a way to own these games a little bit better. And I think they've been doing that as of late. But, you know, Goon does speak for all of us. But just because the kind of voicemails go hand in hand, we're going to go ahead and play this next one from Brandon L. Jet. Yo, what's going on, Hayes? Uh, this is Brandon L. Jet, leaving you another voicemail for the mailbag episode. Um, this one here, I'm not going to debate about the Bulls because they have their role to play and how they've been playing. They deserve all the smoke that they've been getting. I uh, watched a video this morning on January 3rd that you put out of them, that that you went in on, duly noted, perfectly warranted. But I'm about to get in upon these motherfucking reps. And I normally don't cuss like this, so excuse my language, and please, please forgive me, but back-to-back games, you blow calls that, the, that literally cost an NBA team the game. Two games in back-to-back games by just saying, oh, the last play of the game should have been a foul. And then the very next game, the last play before overtime should have been a lane violation. That's basically telling a slap to the team, the organization, and its fans as, my bad, we messed up. And there's no accountability involved in this. Something has to give with these damn breaths. Somebody needs to be held accountable. If the players go in, they get fined. If the coaches go in, they get fined. If the fans go in, they get ejected, probably jailed, and banned from the stadium forever. But there's no accountability with these referees. Something needs to happen. Somebody's going to get hurt. Somebody's going to somebody's gonna get suspended, and somebody's going to go off if these refs are not held accountable. The NBA needs to do something about these damn refs, or else heads will roll. I promise you that. What are your thoughts, Hayes? Peace. The NBA has to do something about the officiating. Now, what we've seen in the last couple of games, and shout out to Pat, the designer, my host over on Locked On, he mentioned it. At the end of the day, when NBA gets criticized and it's so blatant, you see hard turns the other way. And we have seen that now. The officiating has been a little bit more even the last couple of games for the Chicago Bulls. But considering the spread tonight against the Utah Jazz is negative one, expect to be for a tough game to be called by the refs. If, if my point shaving uh, conspiracy is on track, this game is going to be a game that, and I'm not saying it's necessarily going to go against the Bulls. We'll see which way it goes, but don't be surprised if the if the if the refs are on one, but the NBA absolutely has to do something. The last two minute report is all cool. It's fine and dandy. And it, to me, it's that version of how like people take fake accountability for, for their actions. That's what the last two minute report is to me. It's the NBA being fake and holding themselves accountable for their refs sucking. But the real way that you can hold them accountable is punishment is, is like doing something more about it. Something has to be done about the officiating. It's been so egregious this season that it's, it's just bad. This is Ben, and that's overall in the NBA, not just the Chicago Bulls, but of course, this is a Bulls podcast, so we're going to talk about how it affects the Bulls. It's been, it's sucked this season. Let's be clear here. It has sucked. And hopefully the NBA is looking at it, is doing something, because you can't have referees dictating history. You can't have referees 
completely in the way that they are, dictating these games that have been so far this season. The Bulls have been officiated terribly. Officiating overall in the NBA has been terrible this season. Let's hope that it does improve. All right, let's get into this next voicemail. This one's from Michael. Hey, good day, Hayes. Uh, what I feel best about the win over the Nets yesterday was uh, uh, Patrick Williams and Io. Um, th- these are kids. Uh, we have a 24-year-old and a 19-year-old at home. And uh, for some perspective, uh, uh, Patrick Williams is actually closer in age to a 15-year-old than he is to uh, uh, Zach Levine or close to that. But they, these are, these kids are, are great, man. They've got, uh, what I like best about them as kids, they've got great attitudes. And that's good to see. It makes me feel good about the team. Um, it's been a roller coaster season, of course. Uh, uh, but I think they've turned the corner. Uh, even though I'm sure they're going to have some bad games along the way. Um, but I think this team is ready to take some strides here. Um, the, uh, uh, you know, this, but the way they play really good teams, uh, you can make a case for continuity. They'll still need to add to that continuity. Uh, you know, maybe some lanky, uh, size, uh, would be great. But in any case, uh, love the show. Go Bulls. Uh, I'm about an hour away from Philadelphia and, uh, we're debating about trying to get to go to the game tomorrow. Um, having the Bulls beat the Nets yesterday is making me more interested in doing it, but it's a Friday night and I don't know if I want to go to Philly. But in any case, uh, have a great, great night and, uh, enjoy the show. I enjoy the show. Thanks. This is, uh, Michael Korn, by the way, fan since 1966. And Michael says, I think what we all feel, and that is like, I've said it this offseason. The bet on continuity was also a bet on Io and Patrick Williams developing in meaningful ways. Now, that did not come at the start of the season. We're starting to see that now. I talked about it on last night's live stream after the game is that while, no, we can't always expect Patrick Williams to just be 7 of 11 for 18 points. Like, it's not always going to happen. But you do need to see him take more steps and being aggressive. You need to see him take more steps and in, in also having plays called for him. And we're starting to see that as well. Io, who... You know, it was kind of used in a in a way that didn't really suit his skill set at the start of the season. We are now seeing Io being allowed to push the pace a little bit more, dictate that tempo as a, as a point guard, um, and we're seeing him have success in it. When Io pushes the fast break and when he attacks the rim and attacks his defender, it's a it's a beautiful brand of basketball. And he also has been smart enough as well to make the correct passes when he does penetrate. And if it is not um, a, a shot for him, if he if he gets to the rim and it's a little bit congestion there, he does make the correct passes. I love seeing Patrick Williams and Io be big parts in Bulls wins, especially in that Brooklyn Nets game. Um, Patrick Williams majorly in last night's game against the Philadelphia 76ers. Io had some flashes, but didn't have necessarily the the, the game throughout that he had against the Brooklyn Nets. Um, but it's good to see those players be big parts of what the Chicago Bulls are doing because that's what the bet on continuity was for. Io Desumu, four for nine last night, had a plus minus of, of plus 15 only eight points, but he did so many other things in that game defensively, and that's what you want to see from Io DeSumo. And yeah, it's 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 they are the Bulls' future. As much as Demar is great, he is not the Bulls' future. He's the Bulls' present, and you have to invest in your future in Patrick Williams, in Io DeSumo, and Kobe White, Dalen Terry to a lesser extent. If they're not giving Dalen Terry minutes next season, I'm going going to riot absolutely. But it's important their development, and that bet on continuity was a bet that they were going to be able to take on a bigger 
uh, load, whether it be defensively or offensively, to just help this team out a little bit more. And we're starting to see that come to fruition for the Chicago Bulls. And I think it's been huge. So let's hope that it continues for the Bulls. But you're spot on there, Michael. Let's get into the last voicemail for today. This one's from Fresno. Yo, what up, hey? This is Fresno from Columbus, Georgia. Um, I like Jared Vanderbilt on this team. And my thing is, I think it will cost you the Portland first-round pick because I'm thinking of Marco Simonovich, Arnie Bradley, Portland pick, Vanderbilt, the uh, 2023 second-rounder, well, Utah second-rounder, and a conditional second-rounder in 2025 from them. Uh, I know it's a lot with the first-round pick, but you're essentially trading two uh, almost useless players for a guy who can give you 8-8 eight and eight and 24 minutes off the bench. So uh, just tell me what your thoughts on that. Thanks. Fresno brings up a player that I've talked a little bit about that I do think, Jared Vanderbilt. Now, the trade that you presented – if it took the Portland first to get Jared Vanderbilt, the way that I look at it is this. That Portland first, if we do get it, has to be outside of the lottery. So it's going to be around, what, 17 to 20. Let's just say that. And if that is the case, giving up that Portland first rounder for Jared Vanderbilt and whatever you need to match the salaries. If it's Kobe, I'm going to start. I'm, I'm at the point now where I don't want to see the Bulls uh, trade Kobe White. I know that's not going to be something every Bulls fan agrees on. But if you can... If the Portland first-round pick is the main part of that deal, and at that point, it's just really matching salaries, you said in there sending Marco. I still think Marco has a lot of upside, but I'll tell you this. I would not be mad if if they if, if the Utah Jazz say, hey, just like we bet on Laurie Marketing, we're going to bet on Marco Simonovich. Give us Marco. Give us that Portland first. You guys get Jared Vanderbilt and a second-round uh, pick. Now, we'd have to give up that second-round pick. I'm not hating that deal at all. I'm not. Just honestly, I'm not hating that deal at all. Jared Vanderbilt coming off the bench for the Chicago Bulls. Defense, shooting, passing, rebounding. He's everything you need. Now, he's he's a three and four, and he can play both those positions. And then, as I said before, as you look towards the future for the Chicago Bulls, possibly him and Patrick Williams, one of them being the three, one of them being the four, I'm not hating that at all. Like, I'm just, I'm just not. I love Jared Vanderbilt. I love what he could bring to this team. I think he brings a lot of what's needed as well for this team and de defense and everything else. He projects to be a 3 and D guy, but he doesn't necessarily hit the three at a high enough rate right now where I'm ready to just sure enough uh, bet on that. Let me let me take a look at Jared Vanderbilt's. What is Jared Vanderbilt's three-point percentage this year? Give me one second to look this up. No, this is not the best podcasting, but I want to be thorough on what I give you guys. So Jared Vanderbilt right now is hitting the three this season at a 35% clip, the highest of his career, and he's only taking one three a game, though. See, that's the thing, right? Only taking one three a game. Uh, and hitting at a 35% clip is okay. But again, the spacing on this team, the way that he will get open corner threes just by the nature that we run this offense could be interesting. Jared Vanderbilt's numbers on this season, eight, uh, eight points, eight rebounds, uh, almost three assists, and 57% uh, uh, field goal percentage. I'll take that every day. Jared Vanderbilt's production is the exact type of production that you get from a player in the area that that Portland Trailblazers pick projects to be at. So, with that being said, I would I would definitely make that move, and I think Jared Vanderbilt would be a hell of a player on the Chicago Bulls team. But that's it for the mailbag episode today. You guys know it's game day, so what that means, we're going to have our, our pregame, our halftime hangout, and postgame shows all tonight. Make sure you guys are tuned into the channel and hit that subscribe button. We are less than 100 subscribers away from our goal of 10,000 subscribers, so make sure you guys hit that subscribe button if you're not subscribed to the channel as well. You can follow the show at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullcentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text and our voicemail, 773-270-2799. And like I liked in every episode on, 
Go Bulls. Love you guys. See Red, y'all. And peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.